Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Look, George, I think it's interesting that someone says they're going to refuse to extradite someone who's not asking. But by the way, who's not asking not to be extradited, right? I mean, Trump and his lawyers are negotiating a voluntary surrender, which is what they should do. It's the responsible thing to do. And Ron DeSantis comes out and says, I won't extradite him. Well, who the hell asked you? I mean, like, you know, it's it's kind of funny, you know? So the battle is on between people who want to be the Republican nomination, Chris Christie trying to take down Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. Um, anyway, so, uh, Trump did not fight extradition. Ron DeSantis would have played no role in it, even if he had. And Trump is in New York and will be showing up today at some point to get fingerprinted, but not mugshotted, I guess, and not handcuffed. We did get this text. It would be so insane if the judge dismisses the Trump case today based on the state of limitations. The lib noggins would explode. That's true. If the judge does say right off the bat, well, this is a seven-year-old case. I mean, the initial misdemeanor is way outside the two-year statute of limitations. So, no, this can't go forward. Case dismissed. People would go nuts. People would go crazy. <laughs> ah, that's alert. I wonder what the that chance of that would be pretty entertaining. I wonder if the judge would take that into uh, uh, account. That oh, people would go crazy. I got. I got at least feel like we looked at this a little harder but that could happen that's not impossible yeah based on the statute of limitations the whole uh, you know this uh, misdemeanor plus this misdemeanor equals a felony thing that would the judge would want to take that uh, into consideration for a few days probably but what if the first misdemeanor's already passed the limit then what difference does it make Uh, the only reason i don't think that's likely to happen is because i haven't heard 
you know, solid legal commentators say there's a good chance it, it mm. will. Have you? Or No. No, I'm not. I mean, it's an interesting question, obviously, but I have no idea. <laughs> From a I want chaos in a spectacle standpoint, that would be the most entertaining thing. If <laughs> within three minutes of it, it's over and Trump walks back out again. Oh, my God. Oh, if you're looking for hilarious, that would be hilarious. Yeah. Yes, it would have been. Oh, geez. Yeah. You know. The more I see the 2024 race taking shape, the more I think maybe if I opened up, I don't know, a snow globe store, something like that, something, uh, you know, I don't know, find some touristy area, sell T-shirts and baubles and snow globes, especially snow globes, and uh, let y'all worry about the politics. There is some concern in Republican circles that Chris Christie is going to repeat 2016. When he focused his attention on Marco Rubio, thinking that was his biggest rival and that Trump would fall on his own and uh, took down Marco Rubio. And now he's going to do the same with DeSantis as he's taken a number of shots at DeSantis. He's going to take down DeSantis and then Trump wins, not understanding that when you take people down, people don't automatically turn to you. They think, yeah, you've made some good points. I don't want you, but you've made some good points about this other guy. Right. Right. Well, if the front runner has issues, and I think we can all agree the whole Trump thing's a little complicated, uh, you play for second, hoping the front runner stumbles. Because you're not going to catch him as a Chris Christie. You don't think you just take on Trump's head on? I just don't I know just, if it would I, work. I oh, think I they've all decided that's a no win. That's a lose lose proposition. Um, why do they mention porn star in the first sentence of every time they do this story? Who decided that was necessary? I would think that the lefty media would think that was uncool. Is that to make it seem more tawdry? Because it's really just he had an affair with a woman, and then, um. You know, and then the whole hush money thing is misleading. The fact that the media still s- says hush money as if that's the case. It's no, it's got- a non-disclosure agreement. Which it's is an NDA. perfectly okay, and people do it all the time and means nothing. It's a mm-hmm. campaign finance thing. So, but but to pay to porn star, that's purely to sensationalize, right? That has nothing to do yes. with it at all. Yes, correct. That's it. It's clickbait. He had an affair with a woman. At a yeah. golf tournament. They weren't on the porn set or anything like that. No. Uh, I'm not sure in what capacity she was there at the golf tournament. Maybe she was uh, the Titleist rep and was fitting people no, for irons. I'm, I'm sure she was there because she's a famous porn star. I don't know. It just seems like an odd thing to feel like you have to put in the first sentence always. Yeah. Well, yeah. There, it's it's what it is. You, I guess you know, if you... It's pandering. I guess if you weren't going out of your way to sensationalize i don't think you'd mention the affair at all or even the, the 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 most correct headline would be something about trump as being an indicted for improper use of campaign funds correct you wouldn't need to mention the affair at all well and what's really interesting and why this doesn't have a ghost of a chance is that it wasn't even campaign funds. It was private funds. But those private funds benefited the campaign uh, indirectly because it kept uh, the the uh, HF'd woman, according to Trump, uh, silent. Horse-faced. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, Again, I'm just I'm trying to be accurate here. Well, um, and for the umpteenth time, there is a precedent of this, precedent of this at a very high level, John Edwards 
who was hiding an even bigger secret. He'd bought a house for the woman that he had a baby with and used money, but and it benefited the campaign. And it was a million dollars from four different people. It benefited the campaign, obviously, but also really benefited his personal life, keeping a secret from his wife. And so the case did not go anywhere. He did not end up in prison. No, no. The jury said, come on with this. You're wasting our time. Wow. So, yeah. What is the reaction going to be if this gets snuffed out relatively early? I realize I say this sort of thing fairly frequently, but it really feels like we're at peak stupid. This is, uh, the, and nothing burger has become a cliche, so I ought to steer clear of it, but it is, you know, uh, an air bun nestling a, a delicious nothing burger patty with some imaginary lettuce and the mustard of, of, of MSNBC's fantasies. Well, when I M- mean, what the hell is this? Well, when MSNBC says, and it's always the same line, same with CNN, well, Fox does it too, but I don't know why. But when the first line is always, uh, Donald Trump will be indicted on Tuesday for the uh, inappropriate hu- hu- yeah. hush money payments to a porn star. Isn't that basically just saying... We think you're too stupid to understand the charges, so we're pretending it's about paying a porn star not to tell about an affair, but that's really not a crime. Precisely. Yeah. So every time that's said, the sentence is, you're too stupid to understand the charges. Or if we were to describe the charges accurately, nobody would care, and it would suck all the clickbait, the, the remote control bait, out of this. It, it's phony. It's kabuki theater. It's a kabuki dancer pretending to eat a nothing burger. Which you just, mentioned with the imaginary <sighs> lettuce. And- et cetera, et cetera. Yes, yes. <laughs> Hologram cheese. I just... Uh, uh, meanwhile, here's a story we couldn't possibly have the time to get to. And I've got to get to, is San Francisco in a doom loop? And once you're in the old DL, can you get out of it? <laughs> so we'll take that on uh, in a couple of minutes. I was reading uh, the other day. I have it around here somewhere. But um, so the Republicans have said, all right, we've got to start like halting half-ass third measures toward a balanced budget within 10 years. We've got to at least act like we're not going to continue to grow the national debt year after year. And the Biden administration responded with absolute hysterical shrieks of the old people will starve. There will be no national parks. Poor people will be on the streets if there are any, any cuts to the gargantuan federal government. So they've come out reflexively against the very concept of reigning in spending. Which is, I mean, that if a if a a country or a person that would be adequate evidence to diagnose them with with some sort of psychotic condition. Oh yeah, if your still lives in your home, thirty year old son is spending you all into oblivion, and say you're gonna have to, uh, we're gonna have to give up the uh, the Lexus and the going to Hawaii once a month. What? What? And he screams, so I don't get my insulin anymore? Right. And no food? And I've got to drink sewer water? (laughs) And you or the Republicans in this scenario would say, nobody's talking about anything like that. Why in the world 
would you respond with hysterical shrieking like that when we're proposing nothing of the kind? So, you know, that's the situation we're in as a country. And, and we've got live team coverage of Donald Trump moving from his living room into the hallway at Trump Tower. It's anticipated in three and a half hours he'll be moving toward the front door. Jim, back to you. God, I was looking at a map today on uh, one of the cable news channels. He will be coming down Park Avenue. It is likely we will turn left here, although they could go this route and go up Broadway. Who is that freaky? If that's what you want out of your day, geez, give me your blood or plasma or something and go ahead and step in front of a bus. You're wasting life. Let's go live to the news vendor on the corner of 5th and Madison. Uh, What will it be like to see the motorcade go by? Well, it'll be something. I never (laughs) imagined I'd see something like this. I'll tell you what. You sound a little like the inbred people we were talking about last hour. Yeah, well, uh, you got to work. You got to make a living, huh? Uh, Wow. Wow. Yeah. Is there a think tank that's hiring? I think all the time. Seriously. You look at me. I'm standing over there. I'm thinking. Right. I guarantee you. Mm. Anyway. Uh, so we'll get to the old DL, the doom loop coming up, because I don't know what that is, and it sounds awful. But if anything happens, and it probably won't, around the courthouse in the next hour, we will bring it to you. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Madness, you knew Jim Nance's voice because he called the final game for, what, 30 years? And his last one was last night. He said his goodbye at the end. Maybe we'll play that for you later this hour. He's off to do the Masters, I think, this week, right? Certainly. 
It's supposed to be rainy and wild weather in Augusta. More live team coverage coming up. Never. We don't really do sports. So what's a doom loop? There's an example of this. Manhattan, the financial district, post 9-11. The 9-11 attack devastated lower Manhattan physically, also threw into question the very logic of the neighborhood's urban fabric, commuters, etc., office towers full of workers. And they poured billions, tens of billions of dollars into converting that part of New York into a... Uh, a residential, shopping, train station, malls, tax breaks, converting uh, office buildings into apartments. It was more or less a miracle, honestly, and I wish I knew more about it. But um, it was really an amazing effort by New York City. Well, downtown San Francisco is at risk of collapsing, according to the San Francisco Chironicle, and taking much of the Bay Area with it. Experts say post-pandemic woes stemming from office workers staying home instead of commuting into the city could send San Francisco in what's often called a doom loop by urban planning experts that would gut its tax base, decimate regional transit systems like BART, and trap it in an economic death spiral. If you haven't been in downtown San Francisco recently, it's shocking. And I mean like where everybody used to work. And where it was just, you know, shoulder-to-shoulder traffic all day long. People walking the sidewalks, restaurants, coffee shops, bagels, getting to their office, whatever. And it's just been a ghost town ever since the pandemic hit. It's shocking. Mm -hmm. So uh, the area in New York more than bounced back, as the Chronicle writes. It added over 60,000 residents who, perhaps unsurprisingly, needed little convincing to move to a climate-friendly 24-hour neighborhood filled with pedestrians, restaurants, culture, nightlife, and easy access to public transit. And so the tragedy of 9-11 inadvertently revealed the glaring vulnerabilities and inadequacies of office-dependent 9-to-5 business districts and created a new model for making American downtowns more stable economic engines for local governments and fostering better urban life, etc., etc. So everybody knows what to do. Why doesn't San Francisco do it? Well, as the Chronicle says, San Francisco didn't get the memo. Despite our housing crisis, it was years into the COVID pandemic before our leaders meaningfully questioned the logic of reserving some of the most prized real estate on earth for fickle suburbanites and their cars. Downtown, after all, was San Francisco's golden goose. They go into the percentage of jobs there, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So we wasted generous federal COVID emergency funds trying to bludgeon, conjole, and pray for office workers to return downtown instead of planning for change. And the San Francisco metropolitan area's economic recovery from the pandemic ranks 24th out of 25 of the largest regions in the U.S., besting only pathetic Baltimore, according to one economic think tank. Uh, In the first quarter of 2023, San Francisco's office vacancy rate shot up to a record high 29.4%, the biggest three-year increase of any U.S. city, and it's not expected to end anytime soon. Giant, giant deficits, budget deficits, $728 million deficit over the next two fiscal years is predicted. Transit transit ridership's at about 30% of what it was in 2019. Well, I remember what it was just a month or so ago, I was taking a, uh, an Uber downtown San Francisco to get from one shopping area to another store. And the guy, and the guy was, I was asking the guy about it, and he said, oh, no, man, it just compared to when I used to be able to drive around all day and, and give so many people rides, there's nobody, they were going down an empty street. It's amazing. 
So they mentioned that San Francisco is the home to 173 of the country's 655 companies valued more than a billion dollars, and tourism is beginning to triple, trickle back, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but the city cannot wait, which won't be cheap or easy. Here's, here's my favorite part. This is the city where it can take 87 permits, 1,000 days of meetings, and $500,000 in fees to build residential housing projects. This is the city, the only one in the state, that allows housing permits to be appealed even after the projects are titled. This is the city where it costs an estimated $100,000 to build one tiny home for the homeless, up to 10 times more than in other Bay Area cities, and almost $1.2 million to build a single unit of affordable housing. This is the city that at one point celebrated plans to build a single public toilet for $1.7 million. Well, there you go. Does San Francisco have the resourcefulness to cancel the doom loop? No. Next question. I would agree. I haven't seen much sign. Old London Breed, the mayor, is trying desperately to make things a little more efficient to do anything in San Francisco. I wish her luck. Well, that tax base going away, though, is going to have uh, repercussions, uh, you know, for a long, long time. Oh, yeah. You're not going to be able to pay for a lot of those cool programs you liked so much. If you miss an hour of the show, get the podcast. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Told it better than most, let me tell you. Can I tell you one other thing? 
I mean this. I have to try to play off hello friends. But to you, everybody in the college game, my CBS family, my family, all the viewers, thank you for being my friend. Yeah, if you like college basketball and you watch the finals over the years like I have geez, since I was a kid, he's always been the voice of the uh, finals. Jim Nance done with calling the national title game uh, for NCAA after all these years. Did he uh, figure it's time to re- retire? They can him. Uh, I actually don't know the answer to that. And if I, uh, if I cared enough, I would Google it, but it doesn't matter He's to me. still doing the other sports. Okay, just didn't want to do that anymore? Yeah, I guess that's the case. It's probably a lot yeah. of work. Probably quite yeah, a lot. He's getting on in years, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had something to say about but I don't remember what it was. That doesn't matter. Oh, no. If, you're re- if, you're, if you are retiring after 30 years of doing something that big and that good, and you're well-known, you can't have your cohort there say, you did it as, as good as many. Or something like that. Whatever. Better no. than most. Yeah, you gotta say, you gotta say, you're the best ever, or something like that. In that moment, you can't say you're yours you're as good as anybody. <laughs> pretty <laughs> pretty strong job. I mean, overall. <laughs> right. The one guy called him the goat, but then the right. other guy was like, yeah, better than most. Yeah, it's, it's pretty decent. Pretty pretty decent. Yeah, pass fail. I'll I give put you, you a pass. in the uh, I don't know sixtieth percentile. <laughs> anyway. So one of the most impactful elections in a major U.S. city for a very long time is happening today in Chicago. It's the runoff between Vallis, the uh, the reformer, the school choice guy, the charter schools expert, the let's crack down on crime guy. And uh, Johnson is the name of the other guy who's running to the left of the awful Lori Lightfoot. Um, and as this election goes, so will Chicago go for the next four years. And I fear for... Uh, the city that uh, I grew up right next to. Um, If it goes to the Johnson guy, God help Chicagoans. Uh, But anyway, uh, the effort to progressivize other cities, including beautiful Los Angeles, continues apace. William La Jeunesse reporting on the fact that old George Gascon, Dracula the Frog, who sounds like a, a combination of Count Dracula and Kermit the Frog somehow, and is trying to dismantle the justice system, uh, he is trying as hard as ever to break the system. He runs William Lodgeness, Fox News. Let's start with clip 70 there, Michael. A backlash against an L.A. County policy that would have released most accused felons from jail. It's an incredibly reckless and dangerous proposal. A measure to depopulate the L.A. men's jail to ease overcrowding would have required the sheriff and local police to release any accused criminal whose bail fell below $50,000. So instead of getting booked and held in jail before seeing a judge, police would have to cite and release suspects on the spot, like a traffic ticket. The people that we put into county jail are some of the most violent offenders in this country. And now you're gonna start releasing them because you don't wanna build another jail? That's not good policy. This ideology that has taken hold in some of our biggest cities is so weird. I don't feel like most people are up to speed on this, or there'd be more of an outcry. Don't you think? I mean, the the brag guy that's, you know, going to be the subject of so much stuff today in New York with uh, drunk driving is just not even a thing, really, in New York anymore. Right. What? Right. He just doesn't prosecute it. Who voted on that? Who voted for that? Well, they voted for the progressive, Soros-backed uh, prosecutor. Anyway, uh, William Longinus gets specific about the sort of people who are going to be turned loose. Next clip, Michael. 
offenses would have included vehicular manslaughter, DUI, sexual battery, assault with a deadly weapon, sex with a minor, possession of child pornography, and stealing a car or child. So assault with a deadly weapon or having sex with a child, they hand you a ticket and say, you got a court date coming up. We'll reach out to you and let you know when to show up. With the idea being these crimes are disproportionately affecting people of color is that the that's whole? at the heart of it yeah yeah generally speaking and the jail is too crowded that's proof that we're jailing too many people they say in their complete utter lack of logical way uh and one more clip 72 added late friday by progressives lindsey horvath and hilda solis the proposal caught law enforcement leaders off guard as many were out of town for an annual event the 45 local departments that depend on la to hold their inmates fire back saying in a letter efforts like these have played out to tragic outcomes the consequences have been a steady rise in crime reduced quality of life and increased fear in our communities then you've got the story we talked about a little while ago that uh, old Gavi Newsom has essentially ended the juvenile justice system in California, that no kid should be behind, you know, locked doors. It needs to be community-based with help for them and the, and the rest of it. I'm telling you, this is just, this is one of the wildest, you know, poorly judged, in my opinion, experiments, societal experiments I've ever seen. Well, and the um, the proof in the pudding for this experiment, unfortunately, is going to be a lot of people getting hurt or killed or a lot of their stuff stolen before finally, you know, the, I guarantee you, you, you know how this is going to play out. En- enough high-profile rapings, murderings, the robbery numbers get high enough, eventually... The regular people will say, this sucks, this is ridiculous, and it'll swing back the other way. But man, a lot of people are going to get hurt or have their stuff stolen before that happens. Sure, or be murdered. I mean, there have been a number of just tragic cases. That poor Gallagher was working in the furniture store. I mean, just so many cases, so many victims, and you don't hear about a lot of them because the media, the news media is really uncomfortable uh, reporting on a lot of it, even though it, it gets clicks. They think, wow, I just, I can't report on a person of this ethnicity, you know, attacking another person of that ethnicity and how they've been got let out of jail early. It's just, it's, I don't want to be called a racist or whatever. And it's certainly not one race exclusively. There are plenty of uh, scumbags of every possible description running around the streets, but uh, there's a discomfort with reporting it fully. How about that freaking story in New York that got so much attention? I know Tucker talked about it last night. I meant to talk about it yesterday morning. When I read it over the weekend, I thought this cannot be true. I had to actually oh. verify the fact it was true. Security guard sees a guy uh, breaking into cars, confronts the dude. Dude pulls a gun on the security guard and shoots him multiple times. The security guard's able to wrestle the gun away from him and use it on the other guy, the bad guy. Security guard wakes up in the hospital, handcuffed to the bed, charged with attempted murder and illegal possession of a gun. Yeah, Alvin Bragg, the same guy who's trying to prosecute Trump, uh, had him chained to the bed. Are you kidding me? Somebody tries to shoot me. I get the gun away from them. I end up chained to the bed and charged with attempted murder. 
Wow. Now, it got so hot so fast, like within 24 hours, people were going nutso in New York that the charges were dropped against the security guard who was, one, trying to protect the public by stopping a thief, and two, trying to keep from dying. Right. That's, I mean, that's so outrageous. The fact that the charges happened in the first place, guys should be impeached or whatever they recalled immediately. Right. This is the sort of thing that makes me believe that these people are actually trying to break the system, trying to overwhelm the system to break it. The only way you can have a brand new uh, Marxism based society and system is if you break the old one. If you keep trying to reform it, it'll endure. And your Alvin Braggs and your George Gascones and, you know, the list goes on. Krasner in Philadelphia, Kim Fox in Chicago, et cetera, et cetera. Chesa Bodine, while it lasted in San Francisco. They're trying to break the system. They know this doesn't work. They know letting all these dangerous felons loose will cause a tremendous amount of pain and suffering. Then they can usher in their Marxist utopia. That's their strategy. Man, you are a radical. I mean, that is so crazy. Mm-hmm. We cannot prosecute our way out of the desperation that we have. So he was asked in that situation about why are you letting all of these dangerous felons loose on the street? And he said, we cannot prosecute our way out of the desperation that we have. He's the chief law enforcement officer for L.A. County. What the hell kind of answer is that? We talked about it at the time. Well, he's trying to break the system that he's been elected to lead. Man, pay attention to DA, to county attorney, uh, whatever they call it in your neck of the woods. Pay attention to those races. It will swing back. But like I said, a lot of people are going to get hurt or robbed in the meantime. It's a hell of a disgusting experiment. And they're so crazy. You're a nut. Well, the governor of the most populous state in the union went way down that road. Now, because he's running for president, he's starting to uh, make, uh, you know, nervously reasonable uh, grunts about how, hey, we got to protect the people. And, uh, yeah, this is no good here. Yeah. Grunting like a member of an inbred family. Um, I watched some more of that during the commercials. I'm not sure I can watch that documentary. I'm I'm not going to. It's just, it's, that's one of the guys barking like a dog in answer to questions. It is terribly malformed human beings um, being, you know, questioned in in a gentle and friendly way, but it's just... Uh, well, it's it's a hell of a good message uh, to be against uh, inbreeding. It's a hell and, of you a know, good... I'm not bragging or anything. I I kind of I was there already. It's kind um, of a, it's a hell of a good message to not sex up your sister. Okay, I guess America for needs several that. generations running. Yes, yes, we talk, <laughs> we that that's the grunting. Yes, we talked about that an hour too. If you want to hear more details on America's most inbred family. If you ever miss an hour of the show, you can get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Every hour is fascinating with an, uh, all kinds of different information. From politics to rural inbreeding. So crazy. God, I'd say. It was <laughs> so bizarre and so grotesque. Um, I, I have declared yesterday the worst day of news coverage in American history. I think the media embarrassed itself 
more than any other. And that's saying something. I mean, there are a lot of there's a lot of a lot of competition out there for the single day category. You're right. It's absolutely in the very top tier. It was pretty ridiculous. That and other stuff on the way. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trump's attorney says that a mugshot's not needed for Trump. I don't think it's actually required that it be released under New York law in any case. The law says you'll be fingerprinted and a mugshot, you know, photograph may be taken. The law doesn't say shall be taken, must be taken, will be taken. In this case, I think what authorities are balancing is common sense issues, which is, number one, there isn't anybody in the world who doesn't know what Donald Trump looks like. Number two, in the highly unlikely scenario that he becomes a fugitive. They won't need the mugshot to give to the warrant squad to track him down. And if they want to create a mugshot, there are millions of high resolution um, <laughs> photographs of him facing front and sideways that they can make one for the file. Now, how did That's we... a practical Trump. fellow right there. I appreciate that. <laughs> Trump. Trump. That's Trump. A CNN analyst John Miller. Uh, I, I don't know why I didn't hear anybody until yesterday bring that up. Yeah, you don't need the point of a mug, the mugshot is not a punishment. The point of the mugshot is so we can, you know, know who to look for if you get loose or don't come back. You don't right. need that with Donald Trump. Obviously, it doesn't make any sense. Plus, there there are concerns that if we take the mugshot and it leaks out, then we've violated something and it looks like we're sloppy or or let this is political and we're out to embarrass him or whatever because they're not supposed to be public. So it's a lot easier just not have to have the mugshot or deal with it. So he's not going to be so handcuffed. So no mugshot, no handcuffs. It's a two-tiered justice system. No one's above the law. 
Um, you used your dumb guy voice, which leads me to the polling that came out yesterday. Two contradictory numbers. Three quarters of people think uh, politics played a role in this case, and uh, 60% of people are think he should have been indicted. Those don't match up. They don't make sense to me, and it just means that issue polling is dumb, and most people just answer polls quickly without thinking much about it. Which polls? That was- All of them. Okay. That was not my dumb guy voice. That was my adamant but illogical guy voice. Okay. Subtly different, but that's my art. Okay. Uh, fantastic. The news coverage yesterday was moronic. As, uh, followed, In what way? Followed the cars for Eight like... Eight straight hours of nothing happened. <laughs> you didn't find that enlightening? <laughs> okay. A guy traveled from, from Florida to New York, allegedly. So something did happen. But uh, having the camera focused on the plane for 45 minutes before he got out of the plane and then just reciting the same things over and over, being accused of using hush, blah, 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 this and that. And first time ever, this is historic, Jim. You are right. Ah, if that's what you want out of your day, Somehow give me your days and go ahead and jump off a cliff because you're wasting God's gift, which is your life. Well, and I liked how the anchors of a couple of different networks coverage, including CNN, what did you say, NBC, more or less said, we're so embarrassed. Jake Tapper is like, uh, uh, we're aware we're being criticized uh, for the mm, nature of our coverage in some, many, most quarters. Uh, but this is uh, Jen, who's uh, on the scene. This is a historic day. That's right, Jake. This is the first time, blah, blah, blah. Oh, painful. Admitting on camera they're embarrassed to be part of it. Yeah, so I saw that MSNBC reporter say he remembers being on the plane during the 2016 campaign when Trump would be watching this coverage as he sits on the plane and purposefully not get out of the plane because he was felt like he was getting free exposure. There's my name and plane with a big American flag next to it on your TV. It's like I bought a billboard for America. I'm just going to sit here in the plane as long as you're willing to leave the plane on the screen. And yesterday they did that for like 45 minutes. That's hilarious. So you're thinking he probably said to his driver, slow down. Slow down. There's yeah. no reason to go so fast. Right. They, well, sir, they have the streets blocked off. Yeah, I know. I know. Slow down. <laughs> I've got CNN, MSNBC, NBC dancing at the end of my strings like a puppet master. Yep. It's like they're hanging at the end of my long tie, and I just wave it around. (laughs) Take them this way and that. Beautiful. (laughs) By the way, speaking of Trump, there's a poll out that's getting a fair amount of attention in Florida, and the headline is uh, DeSantis tops Trump in Florida, and I don't have the percentages in front of me, but it's not. A big m- amount. It's fairly close. To me, the headline is Trump is still within like five points of DeSantis, even in his home state, where he won by the biggest margin of anybody in the country. I don't know what's going on with the whole DeSantis dropping Trump surging thing. I have no idea what's driving it, but there's no escaping that it has happened. Whether it stays that way or not, I don't know. That's, that's some. Th- there's no doubt that Trump, Trump is back to being the gravity of all political news. You know, I wasn't going to say this, but you've forced my hand. (laughs) You're to blame for what's about to happen to you. Okay, I take full responsibility. When are they voting? 
uh, November 24. Well, yeah, to pick the nominee, well, it starts uh, yeah. in 10 months, I guess. Uh, roughly, yeah. yeah. Okay, ten only 10 months? <laughs> oh, so that, that reminds me, I got this, which is actually useful information as opposed to that, which I told you, which was useless information. Um, the motorcade it, is turning left on 5th Street, Jim. Left now. They're turning left speaking of how long we have got how long before this trial does anything after today ain't nothing gonna happen for a very long time nbc asked a former assistant district attorney of manhattan how long he thought it would take and he thought it would be on the plus side of a year for this trial with all the uh, objections motions and everything like that so we'll be well into the voting for the republican nominee before this trial happens wow that's a wow. long time from now. If you miss one of our four hours, grab the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball. From Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.